faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, even from one man and one who was as good as dead at that, there were born descendants who were just as the stars of the heaven in number and as the innumerable grains of sand along the seashore. Praise God for reading this word. Once again, happy Mother's Day to all mothers. Um, I would like to make an announcement that um, in the near future we'll be, we will be putting speakers along the stairs so that when it's prayer time, everybody will be in the spirit of prayer if you are late. And uh, uh, I think once the sermon begins, we will already close the door. Nobody can come in. Uh, but you can listen, sitting down in the overflow room. But if that is full, you can still sit on the stairs and listen. Is that all right? Thank you. So this is to avoid disturbing the preacher and disturbing your seatmates here. But if ever you're late a few minutes, you can still come in, but once the sermon begins, the scripture reading begins, uh, it is already closed. Sarah's faith. Now we come to a point in Hebrews 11 where we are discussing the patriarchs, uh, meaning Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but specifically Abraham. Uh, but then Sarah was mentioned by the author. Uh, the author explained uh, in the past, since chapter one, that Christ is God. He sits at the highest authority in heaven and on earth. Christ fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. He is the perfect high priest forever, and Christ is the perfect sacrifice. Thus, the Jewish believers should never throw away their confidence in Christ. Instead, they should endure social discrimination and persecution, because that is what was happening during that time. And in some parts of the world today, uh, this is still happening, social discrimination and persecution because of faith. Their faith should not shrink back, otherwise God would not be pleased. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, faith is the reality of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And uh, this was explained that our faith is believing in the invisible God and His Word. The author explained that the Old Testament heroes gained God's approval by faith. Many of them performed amazing feats through faith. Noah built an ark that saved his family. The author would then discuss Sarah's faith. She trusted in God's Word. By faith, the impossible became possible. In the first section, I would call this faith against all hope. By faith, Sarah advanced in years and barren, received the ability to bear a child. She knew that God would fulfill his promise against all human hope. She believed in God and His Word. Let's read verse 11. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability uh, to conceive even beyond the proper time of life. Uh, since she considered Him, and the second part is important, since she considered him faithful, faithful meaning he will fulfill his promise, faithful who had promised. 
Now, she received, according to the author, by faith, she received that ability since or because she considered God. Her view of God is he is faithful. God is faithful. She trusted in God. Now, Sarah conceived even though it was impossible due to her age. She was 90 when she gave birth to Isaac. 90. Uh, I mean, it, she was 90 when she conceived. So she probably gave birth when she was 90 or 91. However, she believed in God even though she knew that her body could not function in that manner anymore, again, because she believed in God. And she believed, I believe, that she believed that God can do anything He wants. And that's the aspect that God is sovereign. He is sovereign. He is all-powerful. He rules everything. Now, because God promised, He knew that God would fulfill it. Now, of course, if God did not promise, God is no obligation to fulfill anything. Not doesn't mean you have a prayer request. God will fulfill everything you ask for if it is not in line to His purpose in your life. What was impossible for humans is possible for God. Thus, God fulfilled His promise. Now, I'd like to bring you back to a possible misconception. One possible misconception was that Sarah's faith wavered at the time, and I thought so too. But upon looking at the tradition during that time, I would say not necessarily. There's this other viewpoint that she was steadfast in her faith all throughout. Now God's promise was to Abraham, that Abraham, you will be a father of many nations. And then there's this, this certain nation uh, that we know in, in a macro view of Scripture that a nation shall be nurtured where the Messiah would come from. The promise was to Abraham, Abraham's body, that Abraham would, however, he thought, since they had no child, Abraham thought probably it's his chief slave who would be the heir to the promise. Uh, but then God corrected that and said, no, 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 it's not your slave. It's you. It will be your son. Then after a certain time, Sarah brought uh, Hagar or Hagar to, to Abraham, her servant. Now, some might see this, as I saw this before, as a lack of faith. However, traditionally in those times, it was sacrificial for a wife who had a servant to give her servant to her husband. That was sacrificial in one sense. However, the offspring traditionally, the child would belong to the family, not necessarily to the servant. If you, even if you go through, there were laws after, but this is way after, under Moses, that if a slave had children while under the master, the children belong to the master. So there was a law in, in the law of Moses, but it is believed that some parts of the law of Moses were traditionally being practiced already before it was written there. And some believe that uh, Sarah might be thinking, okay, I will sacrifice since I have no child, I have no son, uh, perhaps through my servant. Uh, my husband could have a son, and then this would be the heir. And that was what she was thinking. Take note, the promise so far during that time was to Abraham. Sarah had not heard that it would be through her, except when she was 90, and uh, the visitors who would destroy Sodom uh, would visit Abraham, if you recall that. There were three visitors, and the visitors told Abraham that uh, at this season next year, you will have a son. And that's when Sarah laughed. Now, some might say that that laughter was unbelief, but it could also mean laughter that gives you gladness. It's like sometimes when I invite somebody to preach, they sometimes laugh. Really laugh. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. 
Uh, and that happened to me when I was a young preacher, when I was assigned. It's just it's like, wow, okay, really? And it's like, who, me? And sometimes your representative of the class, <laughs> me. So it's more of, some believe it was that kind of a laugh. But then the visitor said, why are you laughing? And she, you know, with the fear of God, she said, ooh, ooh, ooh. it's not a laugh that, that I doubt you. Now that would be some, other scholars would interpret it in such a way. Of course, traditionally, I believe that because uh, there was a season that she had a, a lack of faith. But that's the beauty of continuously studying scripture. And we see these different positions that are actually valid. If some parts are gray, but it is valid. Uh, but one thing for sure that has no gray area that by, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, based on the scripture alone. That one is crystal clear. There is no second opinion, third opinion on that that we can entertain. However, here, it does not relate directly to salvation. We, would, we could say that, yes, Sarah by faith believed, and it happened that she Conceived. So faith against all hope. If God promised it, we can have faith against all hope. Now, that's why believers throughout the centuries, including then, they have to know the Word of God. Then there was no scripture, there was no Bible. It was really a direct experience with the God of heaven that they would receive God's Word. In the times of, of the kingdoms, the prophets, God would use the prophets. Uh, he sends the prophets to proclaim God's word. But then also there was Moses, who, who, who through Moses the law was delivered. And they based everything on the law. And then so as it progressed, and now we have the New Testament. So for us that is God's word. So the question is, uh, a believer cannot actually practice faith without knowing God's word. Because faith is connected to the invisible God and to His Word. Next, faith versus man's ability. Now, by faith, Sarah's husband, and you know Sarah's husband, who was as good as that in the area of contributing his seed for a child, received the ability to do so. The author clearly stated that this happened by faith. Now we believe that Abraham had faith, but the scripture is also saying that it, Sarah's faith was also there. It's not wasn't just Abraham's faith, Sarah's faith was also there. That her faith contributed to her man becoming uh, effective or useful in that area. The verse 12, let us read the first part of verse 12, therefore uh, there Therefore, even from one man and one who was as good as dead at that, they know at that, not as good as dead literally, because after Isaac was born and Isaac grew to be a young man, he was still able to climb. This Abraham, this old guy, was able to climb Mount Moriah. So it wasn't his body that he's so weak that he's on bed on the bed already and he just can't move and he's just walking this way. It's not that. As good as that in terms of a specific area only. And what is that? The inability to salute. The inability to be effective in well, modern days, they say, lovemaking. In scripture, they use the term, the inability to know her some more. The word know. But still, it's stated, that his body was as good as dead, but still, there were descendants as the stars of the heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore, which means there will be many. And yes, Today, we can account for 6 million in Israel right now. The number of Jews, I don't know. But throughout history, we cannot count how many there were. Well, Hitler killed 6 million. Uh, but then, 
under Christ would also be considered children of Abraham spiritually. Under Christ, which means it, we're part of that. Definitely innumerable. Cannot be counted. Uh, now there's an estimate 550 million to a billion Christians globally. Uh, that's just the estimate. We don't know how many are real Christians, but throughout the history, it's innumerable. We, it cannot be counted to those who have faith in Christ are also considered, spiritually speaking, children of Abraham. So faith versus God. Um, man's ability is always limited, but God is not limited. Now, the application of that is what God promised in His Word. Now, there are many in today's church who are delusional, thinking that God had promised them something personally. And they sort of, they say, I claim it. Uh, I think you, first you look at Scripture and that's what you have faith in. Now, if God, I, I'm not saying God is limited, that He cannot... Uh, uh, communicate to us individually and he does that in many ways listening to a sermon reading the bible or what brothers and sisters see as your gift and their perspective might be useful in, in god might speak through them or through our prayers god gives us a certain desire and direction for his glory those are all possible as long as all of those what you think God is personally speaking to you, if you look at First uh, Corinthians 12, uh, they should be subject to one another. Before, as Paul was saying, if a prophet has a prophecy, it must be subject, it must be tested. Don't go on around saying, hey, ito sabi sa akin ni Lord, bahala kayo sa buhay niyo. You don't want it tested? You're afraid. And uh, you could be delusional. That's why everything must be tested. If I have, uh, I, if through prayer and meditation and, and, and my time with God, if I sense that probably God is, is directing me towards something in our church, I have to submit that to the eldership. I said, this is what I plan to do. I've been praying for this now. What do you think? I have to submit that. It's not just, hey, this is what Moses said, therefore, Moses must be obeyed. No, no, we are past that. We, that is not the time and season. In the New Testament, we submit to one another. That is the protection from the abuse of spiritual authority. So we submit to one another. If you think you have a God's direction in your life, you submit that to others and say, please pray. Do not be so arrogant as to say maybe or say this is is God's direction uh, just be humble in that and say I seek to know there was a story of a certain pastor I don't know if he's real or not and when they had a building project he said I had a vision it's going to be an octagon flat that is God's revelation to me and the engineer said do that. No, God said so. Um, you know that Moses listened to Jethro. Jethro seems to be an expert in organization, and Moses was weak in organization, and he listened. That, that's, that's an important thing. So, engineer said, well, he's paying us, let's just do what he says. So they finished the beautiful building, octagon, flap up, and then it snowed, and then it crashed. That's why in areas where it snows, you know, it should be more triangular that the snow flow down and not stay on the roof. Otherwise, that way would destroy you. But if God said so, in His Word, we can trust that. If He says so in His Word, we can trust that. As Sarah heard God's word, he trust, she trusted that. Now going back to them, Abraham's body lost its ability to reproduce in that area of sperm contribution, if I would be more direct. It was good as dead. Why? Well, they had no discovery of Viagra yet then, or other parts. Uh, but uh, uh, I don't know, at 
nearly 100, will Viagra still work? I really don't know. Uh, uh, I think okra can work at a certain level, at a certain age, but I don't know at a very advanced age if, if simple okra uh, still works anywhere. We have gentlemen who are experts here who can advise the other men who are slowly advancing in years. Now, how God, however, God blessed Abraham and Sarah, both of them, take note, the miracle was for both of them. That was what the author is saying. The miracle of God, by faith, they were given the ability, not only Sarah, but also Abraham. Both of them were given the ability to reproduce a child, and he was named Isaac. So I'd like to make the statement that God has no limits in terms of his will. He will do it if he wants to. If he wants to. Now, if you don't have children, can you pray and pray for God's miracle? Yes, of course. But we don't know God's will for you. You have to just keep praying and say, let your will be done, Lord, if it is your will. Yes, I pray, Lord, give me children. But there are times it is not God's will, and we, we don't know why at times. And, but we just trust His will that there is a purpose here that we may not see yet, but God is all-wise, and He has a purpose. So if that is not the gift that God gave you, I am sure that God will give you other opportunities to be a blessing to this generation. And uh, that is God's will as well. Now let's look at the promise in the, again, in part of verse 12. As many descendants as the stars in heaven and innumerable as the sand, which is the seashore. By faith, Sarah's offspring, Isaac, and her grandchild, Jacob, became a numerous nation like the stars of the sky and like the sand of the seashore. God fulfilled his promise after many years. You see, if you were Sarah, you can't see that mighty nation. It's just by faith that you see it in your mind and in your heart. What she saw was Isaac. What, what Abraham saw was Isaac and Jacob. Oh, and Esau. But they cannot see beyond that because their age limits them to the fulfillment of God's promise, yet they trusted in what they did not see. And uh, brothers and sisters, we must believe and trust that the life we live for God and the message we proclaim, which is the gospel, our hope and prayer that even if we are gone, our very lives and death speaks off God's message to those who knew us, to those who met us, to those who know us personally, to those we proclaimed to, those we discipled, they would remember and God's promise will be fulfilled after we are gone. And uh, some have coined the term spiritual legacy. And the spiritual legacy of our lives should be Christ in the lives of others. Should be spiritual maturity in Christ in the lives of others, especially the next generation. So that when we are gone, they remember, they remember the scriptures, yet they remembered how we, by faith, lived our lives according to the scriptures. Knowing our imperfection, yet they see the faith of God in us. God promised that Abraham would produce a mighty nation and it would be through Sarah. Through Sarah. In God's time, take note, in God's time, he fulfilled his promise to Abraham and, and Sarah. Both Abraham and Sarah had faith in God. And here we learn from their lives that by faith, God's promise, which might be seemingly humanly impossible, or totally impossible for man, but for God, it is possible. So everything we see in Scripture as is promised to the believers, whether we see it or not, we trust God and we believe. And take note, that is what pleases God. If you're talking about intimacy with God, it is faith in His Word. 
For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Way above emotionalism, I'm not saying do not use your emotions to worship God. We should, like the psalmist did in the book of Psalms. He rejoiced, he wept. His emotions were attuned with God. However, let it be, let everybody be reminded that the psalmist had faith in God as well. And what Hebrews 11 is saying to us, the foundation of that is faith in the invisible God and His Word. If you go through all your emotionalism, but without faith in the Scriptures, meaning ignorance of the Scriptures, because how can you have faith if you don't understand it? If you don't progressively study it, how can you understand How can you have faith? You cannot. So those who claim to be believers but are not have no hunger for the scripture, well, it's possible. I'm not saying you are, but it's possible that you are a faith believer. Fake. You seem to be one of us, but internally you are not. If you know you have no desire for God's word, so what do you do? You humble yourselves down before the Lord and say, Lord, put in my heart. Write in my heart and mind your commands, your law, that I might have a hunger and desire for you, that I might have a heart to obey you. In application, three things. Number one, believe that God gives us abilities. Now, Sarah and Abraham were given abilities, and I do believe God gives us abilities for a purpose. For them, the ability to produce a child in an impossible age was for God's purpose. A nation must be born, and that shall be named Israel. And the foreshadows of God's law, the coming of the Messiah, and the prophets would be coming from Israel, so that one day Messiah would come in the fullness of time. The Messiah would come. And the Messiah did come in the, in the fullness of time. Now, that was the ability given them for a long-term purpose. God doesn't only look at the short term. He has a long-term agenda. So we pray, Lord, the ability that you gave us, we must assume safely that God has a purpose with every ability that God has given us. It is for the glory of God. It is for the service of the king. And the king is both our father and our God. By faith, let us receive God's gifts and that enable us to serve him. And some of us just say, I lack abilities. Well, we pray, Lord, give me abilities. Give me skills. And then what do you do? Well, use your God-given mind. Begin learning. Learn from mentors. Learn from books. Uh, learn online. There's so many things we can learn. Of course, learn to study the scriptures. We can offer you that in church. But I encourage young men and others to learn more. Don't depend on what you learn in school. Learn what you can there. Absorb everything. Absorb everything but there are things you can learn on your own through practice, through other mentors, and your own study. By faith, let us receive God's ability that, that He gives us. We must view the abilities that we possess as coming from God. Furthermore, we shall use our abilities for His glory. Our ability that God gave His new covenant people is the heart to obey. That's one. God gave us that. Moreover, He also gave us the grace to endure. Please listen. If you are going to go through trials, I believe the grace of God will be there. You will face the impossible things, humanly impossible, but by His grace, you will be able to endure what is humanly impossible to endure. All hardships suffered because of our faith in Christ. God also gave us the ability to serve Him, and we must use that. I remember when I was young, I wanted to serve the Lord. There was nothing I knew. I was 15 years old. I think I had very little skills, but I was so happy when I was given the opportunity to be part of what they call the physical committee. 
And I thought we were macho men, the physical community. Yung palatiga buhat. No? And, uh, but I was happy just to serve in the physical committee. And then I got promoted to the ushering committee. And that brought me joy because now I don't have to lift, I just have to smile. Much easier, but what I can do by God's grace, I had to do serving by faith. And I hope we will become servants here, uh, not customers, you know, like customers in a restaurant. You demand service because you pay. Please, when you come to church, treat it as a village, as a community, which everyone must contribute. Do not give me a long list of suggestions that you're not willing one part of that to sacrifice yourself. Because, you know, for us, you're not becoming a part of the community. If all you're doing is, we expect this, 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 this. So I'll ask you in return, what can you do for about that? Can you help me? I'll find support around you, but can you do it? Can you start it? But if all you do is, you know, there's a tribe. There's a tribe in the church today, all over the world, okay? You know about the enemies of Israel, the Edomites, the Hittites, so many. But we now have Reclamites, okay? Uh, yeah, and the members of this belong to so many different families, the Reclamites. And maybe there's some in your family too uh, that belong to that tribe. It's a secret tribe. They don't even know they belong to that tribe. Because there's a lack of self-awareness. There's a lack of self-awareness. They actually think they're contributing, but actually they're not. They're just criticizing without contribution. Now, we want constructive criticism as long as you're also contributing. If ever, you have every right to give feedback as long as you are also contributing to the community. But if you are not contributing, my advice to you is start contributing. Amen? We are servants. Anybody here who acts like a master, then we say, hey, where do you submit to? You don't submit anywhere? Means you can't take orders from anybody? Yes, we do take orders from people. Whatever the board decides, I must fulfill that order. Yes, that is submission to one another. But everything must not be abusive. And everything must be scriptural. Everything must be scriptural. Thus, let us serve Him with all our hearts, including proclaiming the gospel and building the body of Christ to maturity. The real service is helping all of us mature in Christ. And that's why there are many aspects to do this. Of course, we have training programs like Proclaiming Roman Road, uh, Ephesian Mystery, and uh, we're developing others right now, and I'm developing others right now, and I will contribute that to the community about the training. But aside from that, we've got the Sunday service, which is doing expositional study. We're looking at the intent of the author chronologically. We're not jumping from one theme to another. We're going through chapter one throughout to understand the intent of the author for Hebrews, because we're studying Hebrews. Previously, we studied Genesis and Exodus as well. And that is what we want to study here, to be consistent in those things. And that's another way is the growth group. And I do believe that is important. Why? There, we learn to be vulnerable, to expose ourselves, our strength, our weaknesses. It's like family. You meet people weekly for like for many years, having fellowship, then you get to know one another more. Then that's a place where you ask for help. And I praise God, you know, I praise God for our community, small growth groups. During the pandemic last year when there was lockdown, I praise God that growth group members check on one another. That's why I tell everybody, please be part of one because I cannot monitor 400 people. But the growth group leaders, they help monitor and help one another. And then we're having that point of view that it's not centralized pastoral ministry, but decentralized meaning in the growth groups. Now, to those who apply this, 
During the pandemic and until today, their communities remain strong. But I also hear of churches that had to dissolve because it was centered around a few pastors. It dissolved. Why? The pastor cannot visit them. There's no other connection with the church. And I've had stories of pastors crying, crying. Six years I worked on this, and they're now gone. Now, he did not say it to me, it's another leader who shared that to me. I wanted to speak, but sometimes you have to control what you want to say, because you might find, they might find you teachy, or arrogant, or dominant, so I kept quiet. But I did thank God that we approach it this way. Members taking care of one another. If the growth group cannot handle it, then it's brought up. That's the only time it's brought up to us when the problem is worse. But as long as the problem, the group can help one another. Because if it is centralized, everything is centralized, it's so easy to collapse everything. If there's a war and there's persecution, and there's an anti-Christian approach to Assuming it happens, hopefully it does not, but it has happened in Syria. Uh, believers were persecuted. It has happened in Afghanistan. Uh, it's happened in some parts of China. If it happens here, the small communities must meet underground. They probably kill me, but you continue to meet and kill Brother Eddie and our chairman. Uh, or the chairman? He'll probably get killed also. Uh, but everybody continues in the faith. Why, if all of us contribute our ability selflessly, how can I volunteer without asking payment? And I tried to model that here for the first many years of our stay here. Although the generous elders asked me how much, I said, not yet, by God's grace, not yet. Nothing paid because I want a story for all of these people that you don't need to get paid to contribute your time and abilities. That I'm a busy man as well, working day and night, providing for my own family, being busy, and then serving. To give our time without excuses. Oh, let me use another term, without alte. Maglingkod ka, maglingkod ka, huwag kang maharte. No? Pag nag-serve ka, kung lugaw pinahit pagkatapos, okay na yung lugaw. Kaanap ka pa ng ice cream. Ano ba yan? Minsan, meron, minsan. I'm saying when we serve, we serve because we serve the community of Christ. Next, we are, we believe in God's forgiveness. By faith, we are confident that God will fulfill His promises in Christ. Moreover, we anchor our hope on God's power, not human limitations. We believe in the gospel, God's power to salvation. Now, God will not turn back on His word. There is forgiveness in repentance to all who believe the meaning of Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection. Through Christ, there is peace with God. We believe in God's forgiveness, therefore we proclaim God's forgiveness. Because that is His will. As Abraham, as Sarah, trusted in God to fulfill his will, God is a forgiving God. To those who would repent and have faith, they will be forgiven. But those who will not repent and have faith, they are not forgiven. Let's be clear on that. Next, persist believing despite the obstacles. By faith, we will persist in believing, even if our eyes cannot see the fulfillment. God's timetable is different from ours, but we are sure that through Christ we shall be with the Father forever. We haven't seen the Father, but we trust and believe we shall be with the Father forever. Now, I don't know if that excites you. Well, if you're not comfortable with the things of God, if you're not, you don't desire the Word of God and worship to God, you will not be comfortable in heaven. Why, heaven is fellowship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. Heaven is, well, our fellowship with one another with them. And that, if you desire that, if you love that, you will be comfortable there. 
But if you are not comfortable with those things, you will not be comfortable there. Maybe you will not belong there anyway, so never mind. Now, Sarah patiently waited for God's promise, patiently. In God's time, he fulfilled his promise. By faith, let us patiently wait for God's promise. He will save people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Is that God's promise? Yes. God's promise is that go and make disciples of all nations. God's promise to Abraham that he will be a blessing. He will be blessed to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth, literally families. Now when Jesus says go and make disciples of every ethnic, he's saying from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Not nation, political nation, but nations as tribal groups or smaller groups with different languages. He will fulfill that. He will. And that is clear if you look at Revelation 4 and Revelation 7. Those who were worshipping the Lamb were from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Now that is God's agenda. That is God's agenda. We are here with our own tribes of Bicolanos and there are other languages within here. We have to take care of our tribe. But also think of the other people groups and ethnic groups that have not yet known Christ. And our church will be involved in that. He will fulfill that. Now, that should be part of us. Because that is His agenda. That's the agenda of the Father. If you don't care, what kind of son are you? Or child are you? Or daughter are you? If you don't care, you just care about my needs. Lord, we need to survive, Lord. And that's all you pray for. What about the agenda of God? What about the agenda of the Father? Some of us don't care. Make disciples, I'm not ready. Three years, I'm not ready. Ten years, I'm not ready. Oh, brother. Oh, sister. Have you seen the Kovacs? Some of them, the moment they heard, they proclaimed to others immediately. <laughs> immediately. They know that some parts of the world, after three months in the faith, they feel obligated already. They are moved to proclaim the gospel to others and make disciples. But not in the free countries we're taking our time. We think we have forever to proclaim. By faith we become instruments of His grace to make disciples of all nations. And by faith we shall be with Him for all eternity. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of the Father's agenda. That is His will. Abraham and Sarah were part of God's agenda. They were blessed. Do you want to be part of God's agenda? By faith only, please. Don't do it because you're forced to do it. Nobody's forcing anybody here. There should be an overflowing belief and say, Lord, I want to be part of that. I'm part of that army. I'm part of that team. Till I die. Therefore, we look beyond human obstacles. As we go through the trials of life, we continue proclaiming. Remember, when they were persecuted then, when they were persecuted, their properties taken, they were beaten, they kept proclaiming the gospel. For us, the problems we have are nothing compared to their problems. Please let us not overreact. If you're desperate, you're desperate if you're eating one meal a day or half a meal a day, then you're desperate. You're still eating one meal a day, you are blessed, brothers and sisters. Tanggalin lang yung arte. Minsan, kakakamot yung ulo ko eh. Nagihirap na po kami. Punta mo yung bahay, may television, benta mo yan, makakain ka. Ano pa? Eh, yan ang mga cellphone mo, mamahal eh. Wala naman pang tuition, kawawa ka naman. Saan mo ginamit? Pinampiesta mo eh. Pinahanda mo. That is foolishness. That's why when people say they need help, I don't easily 
believe. I don't easily believe you. Because once you see somebody who's really desperate, somebody who has nothing. But do you want to be part of God's agenda? Abraham, Sarah. Sarah was part of the agenda. What was her part? Well, give birth. And what race? Race fathers. Yeah, they were babies, but they would be fathers. They, she was raising fathers. So, uh, mothers, happy Mother's Day. When you look at your sons, please do not have the peg that they are helpless little boys. And the mothers are so kind. I would like to shout at you sometimes, but I keep my cool. You're raising a mama's boy with no spine. Every problem they have, every fight they have, you have to defend them. You'll raise a weakling, weak man. Let him go through adversity and solve some of his problems and he will grow stronger in the faith. I just tell him, remind him, trust in God. Trust in Him in everything you do. Do not compromise God's Word. Just plant it in their minds and their hearts and sometimes allow them to solve their issues. Teach them to be responsible and we will have good fathers one day. Don't always solve it for them because you want them to be solving things on their own. Because at one time, when, if ever they go broke and that happens, when they have no money, they must be, have the idea of what can I do? How can I solve this? Not just sit in one corner and cry, oh, I miss my money. You're not doing society a favor. You are not. And you're not doing this church any favor. No, no, don't do that. I'm sorry. Forgive me. We don't do that. We don't do that. It's figurative. What do you say? Grow up, son. Hindi bagay sa lalaking patampo-tampo. Grow up. Forgive immediately. And be the gentleman. Let me share it to you again. A piece of literature called Sarah's Faith. Beyond her capability, against all possibility, Sarah received God's gift to bear, the promised son whom she would care. Her husband's body was useless, yet she was not at all clueless. God's promise, God promised, so he shall fulfill who can alter his divine will. In Sarah's far distant future, with a faith that is bright and sure, God would deliver a nation, children under his protection. Therefore, let us always believe his will by faith we shall achieve beyond our limits to perform, cause his spirit our lives transform. Let us overrise and let us pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the stories of the Bible. Thank you for the stories of faith. Thank you for Sarah who believed the impossible, who believed, who trusted you. And her faith combined with everyone, especially her husband. It was amazing, an amazing story, two bodies, limited by time but by your grace oh it 
was divine. The impossible made possible. Therefore, it came the promised people. So today, we stand here before you saying we believe every word, every promise in Christ. And he is the one who will bless us and allow us to arise, to fulfill what remains with our lives. Some of us, you have destined more like Enoch to walk with you and in the simple ways still proclaiming your word but in our simple ways glorify you some of us like Noah you might call to achieve something something visible something great yet some of us might be like Abraham and Sarah to raise the fathers of the next generation to raise them who would bless the nations of the world. We stand here, Lord, saying we want our part, and we know you have destined each of us, yet we come saying willingly and by faith, we desire it. We desire it. Above all else, above our personal comfort, what we want is to fulfill your will. Bless this community. We are nothing without you. We are no one. Teach us to be gentle with one another, but to be firm with our doctrine in Scripture to be firm and uncompromising. Yet teach us to be gracious and generous to one another. Be glorified in each life and in each family. Protect each family from COVID-19 and all diseases. That we pray, Lord. We pray for each member, father, mother, son, daughter, grandparents, grandchildren. With our remaining breath, take part in your agenda, which you will fulfill no matter what, because you are sovereign. It will happen. Every nation, tribe, and tongue will come before you. It will happen. All we ask is to play our small part there. To you be the glory. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good morning.